0: Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul.
1: Follow your heart, love, find you unbind you. Seek out a of the As
0: usual, we've got a treat for you today for Song of the Soul. I first saw Tret Fury in concert at a great music venue, the Mill Road Cafe, back when they were still hosting many great performers regularly in Galesville, Wisconsin. She's made a lot of great music since then. She's traveled the world and lived on the coasts of the USA, but she calls the Midwest home. Tret Fury joins us today from her home in Madison, Wisconsin. Tret, it's wonderful to have you here today for Song of the Soul.
2: Thank you, Mark. I'm very happy to be here.
0: You're down in Madison, and I was reading your bio on your website, and it said that you are a native Midwesterner, too.
2: Oh, yes, I am. I was born in Iowa. I lived outside of Chicago in Libertyville for four years, and then junior high and high school. I spent up on the Upper Peninsula in Marquette, Michigan, which I consider really where my heart lies, my real home.
0: Is it because you're a water person? I mean, my wife, she's from Iowa originally also. Her first visit up to Lake Superior, she fell in love, and she's felt like she's been called closer and closer to it throughout her life.
2: Interesting. Well, I think Lake Superior is an incredibly powerful lake and body of water, and there's just a tremendous beauty and spirituality up there. And since I was in high school, I mean, I would my summers were spent going out to what are what called the Black Rocks, in Marquette on the uh, Presque Isle, and just sitting in, as my mother would say, meditating, but it was really how I centered myself and envisioned myself by sitting at the lake and questioning myself and my values. And so I I feel like it's very much a part of my soul and my intuition and who I am. And my I still have two brothers that live up there, so I spend a lot of time up in Marquette. In fact, I'm going up there Thursday. I'm doing a concert, a benefit for the Alzheimer's. Association, which I do every year. And I just, you know, I always look forward to going home.
0: I noticed also on your website, it mentioned about you having received a Humanitarian Award, and now that's not something that we usually think that successful rock singers like you, or or folk singers, or whatever you are. The Humanitarian Award, for what work is that involved?
1: Well,
2: it's actually a a, a philanthropic award. I do a lot of work with the National Women's Music Festival, I am It's the oldest women's music festival, and I want to help keep it alive. And um, I have raised over $50,000 for the festival over the last three or four years by offering and auctioning off six-course Italian dinners for eight people, followed by a love song concert. And this is something that has gone for as high as $4,500. And it's a ton of work, and one year I did six of them. And that is really a lot of work. So I think because of my commitment to the festival and the fact that I've been very generous in my time and talents, they awarded the festival awarded me the very first Tillis Work Award for Philanthropy.
0: You also work with something called the New Harvest Foundation, and you've put out a cookbook. I mean, this is quite a one, and a painting, I think, is also up your line?
2: Yes, it is. Well, the cookbook I've had out for a very long time, I mean, if I weren't in music, I probably would have gone into the restaurant business and to being a chef, you know, neither of which are lucrative careers, but passionate careers. And this cookbook came about many, many years ago when I was leaving Los Angeles, where I lived for 17 years. My friends were sorry to see me go, not so much that they were going to miss me, but they were going to miss my dinner parties. So as a Christmas gift, I gave my, fr- I did this cookbook and I gave it to all my friends And one of my friends was a publisher, and she said, let's put this out professionally because it's really a nice cookbook. I will contribute my work to it as a donation to the current CD that was out, which was called Back Home. And dog painting is something that I've been doing for just over a year now. Um, I've always done art of some sort, but I've never painted. And one of my songwriting students is an artist, and I, I mentioned to her, I said, I've always wanted to paint. And she said, let's trade. And I said, well, I don't know what I would paint. She says, well, paint your dogs, because I had two beagles at the time. So I painted my beagles and realized that I had a gift for, for painting dogs, for dog portraiture. And I've been doing it ever since. I, you know, I do commissions. I do several commissions a, a year. And it's also been something that I was able to give my major donors for the last CD. They get a an original work of art. So fortunately, they're all dog owners. So they all have one of my dog paintings as well. It's just fun. It's just another, for me, it's another creative outlet It's another way I can express myself when I'm not doing music, and it just fills my heart and my soul. I'm I'm amazed that that I have these gifts, really, and I'm grateful for them every day of my life.
0: Well, it's a wonderful heart and a lot of wonderful gifts that you're spreading around. I want to mention your website is trettfury.com, and Fury is spelled F-U-R-E, not with a Y, as you might expect. It's a peculiar name, Trett and Fury both. Where did they come from?
2: Well, Fury is my family name. It's Norwegian, and it means fir trees. It's pronounced Fure in Norway. But when my family came to this country, they actually pronounced it furry, and a lot of my relatives are furries. My father and his younger brother changed the pronunciation to Fury, which I'm very grateful for because it's a much more powerful stage name. And Tret is actually the Norwegian word for tired.
0: Tired?
2: <laughs> I'm a tired pine tree. <laughs> And it is, it's is—it's a nickname I've had all my life since I was very, very young. It was given to me by my brother, and that is the name I've gone by.
0: Oh, so it's not, you're actually the one that's on your birth certificate?
2: It's not my birth name, but it is the name that I, it is my name, and it is what I've gone by for as long as
0: I've seen Well, the other thing you've gone by is a lot of the wonderful music you've created. Start us off for Song of the Soul.
2: My 1st The first song I want to present is a song called The Storm, and it, it is about it's it's all like Lake Superior. It's about growing up on water. And I'm, I use the metaphor of water as a metaphor for love and the struggles and the hardships and the joys of love, culminating in the idea that we cannot live without love and life is very empty without it.
0: We're starting off Tret Fury's Song of the Soul with The Storm from her CD, True Compass.
1: There's a storm that cuts across Superior. It's a storm that weathers through time, and it breaks all boundaries and borders, and it batters a shifting shoreline. And the waves, compounding like a heartbeat, with a rhythm that keeps its own time. What I've learned from is that the storm keeps the waters in line.
0: Storm. Tret Fury here today for Song of the Soul. That's from her CD, True Compass. And you've put out, I think, four CDs of your own. You've got other recordings of yours, and you've got collaborative works with other artists. Your first recording, though, was way back in, I think, 1970. Spencer Davis, is that right? That's
2: correct, yes. And I have more than four solo CDs. But yes, my very first work was with Mr. Davis, when I first moved to L.A., I had the opportunity to audition for him as a blues guitarist, and he loved my work, so we ended up working together for a couple of years, and I ended up doing the album House Trap with him.
0: And actually, I was referring to four CDs on your own label, the Tomboy Girl label.
2: Well, there's actually five on Tomboy Girl.
0: Yes, because the horizon just was added.
2: Right, exactly, yes. So there are five on on the Tomboy Girl label.
0: Tomboy Girl is your label. It's your label for clothing that you produce. Are your paintings Tomboy Girl paintings? I'm not sure how far does this label extend.
2: Yeah, it's really it's my it's my record label, it's my production company, and it's my clothing line, and that's really as far as it extends. And it was a song that was that I had written and recorded with Chris Williamson on the Radio Quiet CD we did in the '90s. And it's just was so much of an identifier for me that when I moved to Madison and restarted my solo career, I thought Tombow would be a perfect record label, it would be a perfect production company, and then this clothing line came about, about a year after I moved here. I always wanted to do a Tombow Girl t-shirt, and people loved it so much it became more than a t-shirt. It became a hat, it became a sweatshirt, it became a tank. it became a clothing line.
0: You really do branch out to all these fields. No no Cajun you in.
2: Yeah, <laughs> It's true. I I don't have a lot
0: of downtime. I said there's no caging you in. One of the lines from the storm that struck me was something like, the storm keeps the waters in line. And I was kind of, I'm not sure what I think that meant, but it it definitely struck something. I, I was kind of surprised to hear the line in there. What did that mean for you?
2: Well, I know, and I've been asked that a lot. And, you know, sometimes my writing just comes through me, and I can't even define what it is I'm really meaning to say. And You know, that is one of those lines. But to me, is that our lives are are identified by the storms that we ride out, by the pulse of the moon, the pulse of the water, the energy of the waves. And to me, somehow the storms bring the waters to us, and they they pull the waters away. And it's just, to me, it's a way of movement of, of the
0: heart. Now, again, that was from True Compass, which is uh, several years back that you came out with that one.
2: True Compass was 2007.
0: You put out a recording every couple years, which I think testifies to the fact that you don't have much downtime. Give us some more music, and let's maybe sample another CD.
2: The next song is From the Horizon, and to me it's one of my most important songs, and it is a song that touches people deeply. It's a song that I wrote after nearly losing my brother Russ, who lives up in Marquette, in a car accident. And he was driving home from Green Bay in a blizzard, and he had made it a mile from home, and the storm had lifted. The roads were clear, and a woman on a cell phone lost control of her car and hit him head-on. Just demolished his car, and and, uh, he had nine fractures in his pelvis. His legs were pushed up into his pelvis. It It was horrible. The blessing of this was that prior to this time... He never wore his seatbelt when he drove around town. He only wore his seatbelt on the road. And though he was in town, because he was coming from a road trip, it saved his life. But he had called me the next day to tell me what had happened, and I just, you know, I got off the phone and I just started crying because I, I can't imagine my life without my brother. I'm very close to all three of my brothers, but Russ and I are definitely the closest, and we talk on the phone daily and it just made me realize that how quickly we can lose the ones we love how quickly our lives can be changed in an instant like that and, you know what i wanted to say is that you need to pay attention to the people you love and you need to tell them every day that you love them and because it is by the grace of god that we come and go
1: you're minding your own business We're now. Like a bolt of white lightning They come crashing into you And one hundred and one memories Break across your heart Your breath comes in fits and waves And you're pulling apart And the angels are all watching They're counting the minutes Your life becomes a circle game You're out of it or in it By the grace of God we come and go By By the grace of God, God we come and go And you're sitting in Cortona With a hill Your ancestors are whispering They've got plans for you And 101 questions race across your mind You're caught between the then and now Fighting with time And the angels are all waiting They're counting your minutes Your life becomes a circle game. You're out of it or in it. By the grace of God, we come and go. By the grace of God, we come and go. By the grace of God, we come and go. And I'm standing on this earth, my feet firmly planted, with a promise to myself. I won't take things for granted Like the love that I love The light of my life And my sight In a cafe on the east side Coffee for two You're waiting by the front door For your love to walk through And one hundred and one scenes Play behind your eyes Why she hasn't shown up yet Why she's not on time And the angels are all watching To see how you would spin it If suddenly your world split wide And she wasn't in it By the grace of God By the grace of God, we come and go. By the grace of God, we come and go. By the grace of God, we come and
0: go. Grace of God by Tret Fury. It's from her The Horizon CD. Was that about your brother, Tret, or was it simply one of the mix? Because there are so many things in my life I've come to learn that grace, in many ways, is the only thing that we can depend upon.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, it, it was inspired by that. I mean, the, the first lines of this were really, were, came to me immediately as I was grieving the near loss of my brother. But it, it's, you know, the, the song actually took a while to, to manifest and to complete, and it, it is more about the grace that surrounds our lives, and, and not just about my brother, but how how we can easily lose love, how we can lose relationships. I mean, I just went through a, I'm still going through a, a bit of a, of a very difficult breakup of an 11-year relationship. And it's things that you, you can't even take that for granted, and, and I mourn that loss. I think there are many ways that we need to, to always, Embrace the fact that our lives are ruled by grace. Not ruled is not the right word, but our lives are formed by by the grace and uh, that surrounds us. And I write a lot about angels because I'm a big believer that we all have angels that watch over us and protect us. And that is part of that grace.
0: You mentioned when you were young living up on Lake Superior that you'd go and your mom, I think, would refer to it as meditating, uh, looking out to sea. Did you have a religious background? Is meditation something that you did, and how has that come forward in time?
2: Well, I grew up Lutheran. I was very involved in the church in high school. I held a folk service, sunrise service. I put together the services every week, and I did the music for the services, and we had a a small folk group that would sing from time to time. So I was always very involved with the church. But you know i i really i I would consider myself now I'm, I'm a unitarian universalist I'm humanist with Buddhist meanings really, and I'm very much uh, try to live a, a Buddhist life, but in high school, it was more about dreaming myself up. My mother would call it meditating because to her that was like something a hippie would do, and she was always concerned that I was going to be a hippie so in her in her mind, it was slightly derogatory, but in my mind it was really what I was doing and by just sitting and, and dreaming up my life and dreaming up myself and trying to empower myself to find a path that was far from home and that involved the work I loved even in high school, which was music. You know, I've always been I've always been spiritually based. I wouldn't say I'm religiously based. And I've always tried to live a, a Buddhist life. I'm a huge follower of the Dalai Lama. And recently I mean I I do a lot of work in the last several years with Unitarian Universalists and I just joined the church this year because I am so involved with them. And I I believe in, in the work that they, they do as a, as a group in the humanist sense and in the humanitarian sense.
0: I'm interested by the distinction you draw between spiritual and humanist. And one of the key differences in my view between those two is whether you're rooted in community or not. If you're rooted in community, if you have, I don't know, mutual accountability or mutual support within community, I think that's religious. Spiritual, you can do that by yourself, individually, out there in the world. And since you just joined the UU, I think you've just become a a bit religious, not with some of the negative connotations that that usually has. And I I personally have negative reactions to a lot of religion because it's about compressing you and compressing God. And, And I think that neither of us is interested in that. How do you react to this stream of thought on my part?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm with you 100%. You know, and I have. I mean, I am joining a community, community of like-minded people, and, and because I do a lot of work with you, you so because I'm part of the uh, Southern Unitarian Universalist Summer Institute two years and will continue to be. That is a tremendous community, and, and I've fallen in love with that community, and that's how it brought me so close into the Unitarian mindset. But you know, community and the fact that there is humanitarian intent, and it's about helping, about helping other people. I agree with you. I think, you know, spirituality is something you can practice alone, and religion is something you do in a group. So in that sense, I do feel like I've found a sense of religion again in being part of of a community of like-minded people. So I I, I agree with you 100%.
0: That gathering that you were at, I don't suppose Emma's Revolution was there.
2: No, they weren't. Their music was, we used their music one day, but they were not there. I think they've been there one year, I'm not sure. I was invited there as a featured artist four years ago, and I taught songwriting while I was there, and I just, you know, worked staff some, and I just I just fell in love with it, and I had not had a chance to go back until this past summer, and I taught guitar, and I taught songwriting, and I worked on the sound crew, and that's how you can pay your way and, and be part of this community for a week, and, I, you know, I intend to go back every year now because I, I feel like it's an incredible week experience of religion and spirituality and community, great community.
0: And there is so much wonderful music among UUs, amongst Unitarian Universalists. As a Quaker, I mean, there's a lot of wonderful Quaker musicians out there. But since we do silence during our worship, people can sing out of the silence if they wish. But since we don't do music, I think that there's a lot of hearty voices that say, well, maybe the theology here fits in Quakers, but the music fits. Uh, Peter Mayer is one of the people who I know chose in that direction. Absolutely,
2: there's a lot. I mean, the... You know, the, the best thing about Tusi, the Summer Institute, is there is music every day and every night, every every morning talk. There's always a, a performer that performs, the choir that performs. Every evening there are concerts, the featured concerts, there's music for the evening services, and then there's song circles all night long every night. There's so much music. And and in church as well, I just went to, so I don't get to go to service as much because I'm always on the road. And I went this past Sunday in Madison, the First Genetarian, and a wonderful group, Brother son, Joe Jakes, Pat Wichter, and, and Greg Greenway happened to be performing. They're all friends of mine, and I couldn't believe I walked in, and there they were. And they performed beautiful labor music in honor of Labor Day. And, I, you know, I know many, many great musicians in the folk world that consider themselves UU and that are UUs. And, it's, you know, it's, it's, again, it's a great community to be part of.
0: Well, at a Quaker gathering, you won't be without music ever. The National Quaker Gathering that we have each year called the Friends General Conference Gathering, there's 12 forms of music typically during a day. I guess all that time in silence kind of charges up our batteries. We need to sing a lot when we're not being quiet.
2: Exactly. Well, in fact, some friends of mine who were in my union are Quakers, and they asked me, they had heard this couple, uh, Aaron Fowler, who was also a musician, His wife just fell in love with my song, Spread It Around, and asked if they could use it in a Quaker gathering. And I said, absolutely, you know, my music should be used wherever it is felt to be important. And I I was honored that the Quakers wanted to use that song in in one of their gatherings. In a lot of UU gatherings as well, when I do services, I almost always perform Spread It Around.
0: Well, it sounds like you'd like to share Spread It Around as part of your Song of the Soul.
2: Absolutely. It would be a perfect transition
0: to that, yes. Well, get your feet stomping, folks. It's time to spread it around by Tret Fury.
1: In the spring, I take a deep breath. And in the summer, I'm looking for a ride. In the fall, it's all about the leaving. And in the winter, I stay inside. Well, if you take a long walk in the morning, you might find it makes a better day. And if you take some time in the evening, your lover will never go away. And if you look to your own inspiration, the walls come tumbling down. Just reach for the light that's deep inside and spread it around, spread it around. In the spring I take a deep breath, and in the summer I'm looking for a ride. In the fall it's all about the leading, and in the winter I stay inside. The sun beats hard on the hard land. Say a prayer, there'll be a bit of rain And when the snow falls smothering the wheat fields Remember that the green will come again And when fear rolls heavy like a storm cloud And thunder is a threatening sound Just reach for the light that's deep inside And spread it around, spread it around In the spring night, take a deep breath And in the summer, I'm looking for a ride In the fall, it's all about the leaving And in the winter I stay inside And if you dance to the rhythm of your heartbeat You'll never find yourself without a song And if you leave things better than you found them You'll never know the right of being wrong And if you stand for all that you believe in set your sights on higher ground. Just reach for the light that's deep inside and spread it around, spread it around. In the spring, I take a deep breath. And in the summer, I'm looking for a ride. In the fall, it's all about the leaving. And in the winter, I stay inside. In the spring, I take a deep breath. And in the summer, I'm looking for a ride. In the fall, it's all about the leaving. And in the winter, I stay inside. Spring night, to a deep breath, and in the summer I'm looking for a ride. In the fall, it's all about the leaving, and in the winter I stay in the side.
0: Another wonderful song by Tret Fury. It's Spread It Around and the winter i stay inside. Is that true? Some people've got to question your sanity moving from LA back up to Wisconsin.
2: Yeah, i know. <laughs> well, actually, i left LA and i moved to Oregon. I lived outside of Eugene, Oregon for 13 years, and i thought i could deal with all the rain because i traveled so much, but i just it's so dark and dismal 9 months of the year. I said i'm going home. I'd rather have 4 or 5 months of snow. But sunny skies and to live in those endless, endless days of rain that just falls in sheets. And I needed to come home. I really did. I lived on the west coast for thirty years. I I ran as far as I could when I turned you know, when I graduated from high school. And I just knew it was time to come home. I wanted to be closer to my brothers and my dad lives about forty five minutes from me in the summers and then he winters in Florida, of course. <laughs> and I would have moved to Marquette. But it's really too hard to tour from there. You know, you get snowed in way too much. I I, I can't take the risk of trying to get out of Marquette in the winter. And, um, you know, I tour mostly fall, winter, and spring, and then some festivals and events in the summer. So, yeah, I had to live someplace with an airport that I could get in and out of easily. And Madison's just such a fantastic city. It's such a progressive city. It was a natural destination for me. And, yes, I'm getting a little tired of the snow because we certainly are getting more and more every year, it seems. And I may be moving on again That's in the next couple of years. I, I don't know right now. Time will tell.
0: Don't say that. You're going to break my heart.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll be hard to leave Madison if I do, believe me.
0: Or maybe it's our current governor chasing you out. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: right. Now, that's, see, those are the reasons to stay, to fight that that craziness. And it, it's everywhere. Everywhere I've lived, you know, you're dealing with. Oh, just political elements you may not be particularly fond of or in, in agreement with. and it's, it's, it's just the nature of life and politics.
0: Well, I'm glad you've got what it takes to stay with it. Let's stay with your song of the soul. Give us another song. Keep us going.
2: Oh, this song is a song I wrote when I was in New York. I, I'm vice president of the North American Traveling Musicians Union, another thing I do. We used to have our fall retreats in New York City, and um, I was staying in Queens this particular year, and or staying in Brooklyn, and I would take the A train into Manhattan. And this was shortly after 9-11. And I, as I sat in this train across from people who I'd never met before and would never meet again, and, and people who I assumed as lives were much more difficult than mine, uh, I started thinking about how we live such separate lives and how we don't engage. And, you know, particularly being in New York after 9-11, there, you know, we live in so much fear and terror, terror is reinforced more than anything else in our lives. And to look around this train and see nobody looking at each other or talking to each other or engaging each other made me realize this is how we live our lives. We don't talk on elevators, we don't talk on trains, we don't often talk in crowds. We tend to keep to ourselves. And it brought this song forth for me. And it was, to me, it's a prayer for compassion and to try to practice random acts of kindness. And that's really where this song came
0: from. When the wind blows, tread fury.
1: from the fifties a boulevard so broken by the beat. the train coughs out the lonely on their way to work and home
0: and I make
1: my way down sentimental streets. street well I board the battered bus and I take these staring at the stairs of starving faces riding to Manhattan Their neighborhoods and sacramental places Buildings boarded over Old men on the sidewalks A town that tells a history of ages Each person has a story You can see it in their walk You can read between their lines And turn their pages I live far away where the grass is much greener, Where you often might forget to love the door. Though we're all one on this planet We have different ways of going We're giving each a lot that's less than more And I clatter on my way And I chatter through the day And I look at people's lives too down and back on another beaten track, wondering how the weather wind, the wind, wondering how the weather winds. Wind. So you'll see me in a cafe or walking to the subway, and I'll try to meet your eye if I am able. If I only had the nerve. Maybe took a chance I'd offer you a seat across the table But we live each alone In our solitary shelter Where we never take for fear Of us soaking We tend to turn away Speaking silence to the masses And wondering how we'll find The key to living Let each reach alone, and we chatter on the phone, and we look at people's lives through their windows. Into town and back on and the beaten track, wondering how we'll weather when the wind wondering goes. how we'll weather when the wind when the wind a bit of company an ear or just a voice we'll call someone of only but did passing. you mm. may well get lucky and find a kindred soul who wonders how we'll weather
0: Time Anywhere by Trett Fury. That's when the wind blows. And Trett, one of the comments you made earlier was about not talking to each other. And at that point you're you're referring to New York. Do you find that the same in Madison? I'm up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and so we're a smaller, smaller town. And I find people do talk and make eye contact. And you strike up a conversation just on the street or on the bus or anything. It's not at all unusual. Do you find that in Madison, or is this a big-town, small-town phenomenon?
2: No, I do find it in Madison. In fact, when I first moved here, I remember one of the first spring days I was riding my bike around, and I thought, my God, I'm living in Pleasantville. Because everybody, you know, everybody had smiles. Everybody was riding their bike or walking and looking at you and smiling at you and saying hello. And it was just refreshing, especially coming from well, coming from LA, which is not unlike New York, and, and that people key to themselves. There's far less community even in LA than in New York. And Oregon, I lived in the country. I didn't engage with that many people except on the road. But you know I think the, I think the heartland of America is it has much more open hearts and we do tend to strike up conversations. It may only be about the weather, but we do look at each other and we do talk to each other and we do help each other and you know I think Madison is still a small enough city that it feels like a town in that sense it feels it has that small town feel and mentality to it. I don't know that I could say the same for Milwaukee or you know, or Chicago or any of the other the bigger cities but that's one of the things I chose about Madison is it's just a right-sized city where there's a lot to do and there's a lot of music and there's a lot of restaurants, but there's still the heart of the people is here and, and people do engage with each other. And we really have seen that this year with all the protests, with all the, the union busting and, and how people have risen and, and come together and joined hands and joined hearts. That's something that I'm proud to be part of and I'm proud of being part of
0: Madison in that regard. Wasn't it so invigorating to be there, 50,000 people marching? This is what democracy looks like.
2: That's right. Yeah, fantastic time
0: i had a great time going there with basically my whole family all of our kids every we all met there together and we're part of that and to do that amongst multiple generations because i'm sure since your age is closer to mine than to that of my children sometimes there's kind of a nostalgia for the time when people of all generations were actively involved engaged in and speaking to the public for the good of all
2: absolutely amazing time. I was there with, you know, I, I've gone so much, I, I couldn't be as participant as I wanted to be. But being a member of Local 166, which is a musicians union here, and being vice president Local 1000, I marched with my brothers and sisters several times. In fact, John McCutcheon, who was a Quaker, and my president, he came into Madison uh, during one of the rallies, and we marched together as union members.
0: Such wonderful energy going on will feed us some more energy. I know your music really does that, so could we have a little bit more? I'm I'm begging.
2: Absolutely. Well, this song is an interesting song. It's on my latest CD, The Horizon. It's a song called Bellbirds and Stones, but it's a song that I actually wrote in 1994. I was in Mexico with my musical life partner at the time, Chris Williamson. We were visiting a friend, and my mother had just passed away, and I was grieving terribly. I was very close to my mother, and I had a really hard struggle with that. And I remember going up into the mountains and just crying and, you know, calling her name and just, you know, I'm half Italian, so (laughs) that was part of it. But there was something about walking those streets in the early morning and late night that brought this spirit of my mother and the the voices calling and, and, and angels around me. And I wrote this somewhat esoteric song and recorded it, it was going to be on the Between the Covers CD that Chris and I did, but it would have made the album a little tread-heavy. We were trying to keep our, you know, our songs even in terms of who wrote what and who wrote what together. So it got, it got tabled, and I ran across it last year, and I thought, oh, my God, this song is still it's incredibly important to me and poignant, and it was all recorded. I just I rewrote a few words. I redid all the vocals, and it is one of my favorite songs on the new CD.
0: Bells, Birds, and Stone.
1: The hours draw down, the darken my skies, the sounds of
0: Fury's recording, The Horizon. The song is Bells, Birds, and Stone. And Tret, when I sit with that song, I have the feeling of being in a vision or in a monastery or the bells, the birds of stone, that, that takes me to visions of monastery. Have you spent times in that kind of environment? Have you exposed yourself to like retreats in that sort of place?
2: No, not really. I mean, the only retreats I've done are as an educator in songwriting, and just like weekend songwriting retreats. I've never really done any spiritual retreats. Probably the closest thing I did was a week-long yoga retreat up in Brian's head, he doing yoga at 9,000 feet. Now, that's a very spiritual experience right there, with the rarefied air, doing yoga postures and deep breathing. No, but, you know, I've, you know, I've traveled a lot. I've traveled all over the world. And when I travel, the places that I visit are churches. I'm always drawn to churches. I've been in all the churches in Paris and, and outside of Paris, and Italy, I've you know, gone through every cathedral in every town I've been in, and even in Russia, those beautiful churches in Russia. I mean, I, I am drawn there, and I will spend hours sitting in these huge stone you know places of spirit and religion. So that's probably as close as I could say I would get to any kind of a monastery.
0: Well, somehow, without having spent the time there an extended period, you captured some of it. I was raised Catholic. I've been Quaker since I've been 18. But the Catholic background, you really evoked something about that monastic experience in that song, and I thank you for it. Oh,
2: you're welcome. Thank
0: you. We're coming up on the end here of your Song of the Soul. I think we've got time for one more, and you've got a lot of recordings, a lot of songs that you could pick from. What can you choose for your ultimate song, for your song of the soul?
2: Well, this is a song that, again, I, I sing in a lot of gatherings, and I always close my show with this song because, you know, the message is I want to let the devil out and let the goodness in. And, uh, you know, the song came about, hung in cheek, the first line, I've got a mean streak, I like to call her Jim. She only shows herself when I let the devil in because, you know, it's a, Jen Jen and I do not get along If I have a cocktail That's not one I should ever choose So the song kind of started tongue-in-cheek But it really evolved into a joyful song About finding goodness in your life and, And following that goodness And sharing that goodness That's about all I can say about it It's just let the goodness in
1: I've got a mean street And I like to call her Jen. She only shows herself And I let the devil in And I walk these mean streets beginning I've learned to both ways and try not to let the devil in. cause it a witch between my heart everything that I hold dear drives away the good and leads.
0: Trot Fury, Song of the Soul, Let the Goodness In. The use of the word devil, I imagine in some circles that probably both you and I travel in, people don't talk about the devil much. Don't talk about Satan. That's thats not really that. Do people have negative reactions when you include that in your song?
2: No, they don't, because I think most people realize I'm not talking about Satan. I'm just talking about it's just like black and white. It's good and bad and right and wrong. All your, it's your opposites. You know, It's, it's the dark side of us. Because I have sung that in, in many, in many uh, different circles, and that, you know I've had people talk about the song saying I don't think Tread is talking about Satan, but talking about the elements inside of us that are the opposite of goodness, and that's really all I'm talking about. Because I'm not a big believer in in Satan,
0: <laughs> or perhaps not even a little believer in Satan.
2: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: A lot of great music, too. I want to remind people to go to Tretfury.com and Fury is spelled dot E.com. You can find about a lot of her music and you can find about her paintings, or you may have a dog that you need a commissioned painting for. And Tret is your painter, I think, of choice. So many good things you're doing in the world and amongst them coming and sharing with us today for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much, Trat.
2: Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it so much.
0: The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included and a whole lot more on my website,